Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Sports Moles Football Shorts. I'm Barney Corkill. I'm here with our football editor, Matt Law, and we're here to talk about game week 36 of the Premier League seasons. Coming towards an end of the Premier League campaign, uh, the titles wrapped up, relegation places wrapped up, so very much the European spots, the top four in particular, uh, will be coming into sharp focus towards the end of the season. Uh, this weekend, of course, is the FA Cup final as well, but in terms of Premier League matters, um, it does start on Friday night with Newcastle versus Man City. Again, two teams with their fate already wrapped up. Man City, this will be their first game since being crowned champions. Newcastle are now safe after that 4-2 win over Leicester last time out. Incredible result that one was uh, for them to win away at Leicester. So they'll be flying in terms of confidence heading into this game. But it is Man City, the toughest team um, in the league, the toughest assignment there is in English football right now. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, it's obviously a, a tough game, isn't it, for Newcastle? Been a nice break for City, hasn't it? They've had a lot of games recently, but a, a was it six day break? You know, EFL Cup final, Champions League. Obviously, they're they're still in, and they've had a lot of football to play. But nice little break, and yeah, first game since, like you say, uh, they've been confirmed as champions. Didn't manage to do it against Chelsea. Um, it was a strange game, wasn't it? The Chelsea game last time out. Um, strange formation. There was obviously a lot of changes. Chelsea were mm. really good. Aguero missed a penalty. Obviously, he's still um, he's looking to go level, isn't he, on Rooney with most goals for a, a Premier League club. So he's got, he's only got uh, a few more hits hits at that before he obviously moves on this summer. But yeah, it's not it's a weird one, isn't it? Because like you say, it's not a massive game in the sense that Newcastle a few weeks ago looked like they might need the points desperately, but but they've pulled themselves high up the table now and sitting in South Sea's high up the table, 16th. But they're only two points off off Palace, and I do think those from Palace downwards, you fancy Wolves are. Maybe okay in 12th, uh, but everyone else down there, there could be a lot of chopping and changing, couldn't there? And 13th sounds a lot better than 17th, and there's only four points between the mm. between all those teams. So, yeah, I still think there's a lot for Newcastle to, to to get them up for the game. Obviously, Callum Wilson missing the rest of the season. Yeah, it's, it's been a disappointing season for him, isn't it? Injury problems piling up. He got two last time out. So important for Newcastle. Mm. So, maximum was good again. Um Yes, they've been playing well recently, Newcastle. I think for a while now, they look like they might be in trouble, but they've been good. City, I think very interesting to see what, what side Guardiola picks for this game because I know he likes to chop and change. He chop and changed against Chelsea and, and they play this and then they play Brighton, don't they? Um, and then Everton in the league and then obviously Champions League final. And it's a little while until the Champions League final now. So I don't think he'll want to send it. He needs to get rhythm back, doesn't he? He needs to, he obviously, I think we know probably what side he's going to pick for the Champions League final, you know, Foden, De Bruyne, mm. Mares is the front three, and then obviously those midfield three. So a lot of players will, because like Sterling, you don't think he'll start, which is a strange one recently. He's been out of the team. But yeah, I think it'll be a lot of changes, but I still think City will go quite strong here. And, and Newcastle, as I say, Newcastle are missing a lot of players still. I think it's eight potentially doubts or out for this game and a lot of a lot of their big players for that. So I'm, I'm really struggling to to back a home win. I, th I don't think it'll be really comfortable, but um, yeah, 2-0 Man City. Yeah, I've gone the same. Um, maybe I need to change things up to, <laughs> no, stop to changing lower them. the gap to you. But yeah, no, I'll stick with 2-0 as well. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'll stick with 2-0 because I, I can't really see, as you say, Wilson's injury. I can't really see Newcastle scoring. I mean, if it was anyone else in the league they were playing, I might back them to do something in this game because, as you mentioned, they've been really good lately. One defeat in the last six games, three wins in that time. You know, coming up with a really good run of form at the exact uh, point they needed to. You know, you go back to their last defeat before that, this run and it was three 0 away to Brighton and Albion. Things looked pretty bleak for them there, and you know it was obviously a hugely disappointing result against one of their relegation rivals. But since then, they've taken points off Tottenham, Liverpool, Leicester. Um, they, they've beaten West Ham at home, so it's a big result against some big teams. So they'll, they'll go into this match, you know, half thinking they can get something from the champions, and they'll be thinking maybe that Man City, 
we often see it. We saw it with Liverpool last season. Teams sometimes drop off um, after they've won the title, particularly, you know, yeah. Man City in recent seasons haven't been able to do that because if you think back to the 100-point season, they're obviously striving to get the 100 points. Uh, the season after that, I think they got 98 points. Liverpool pushed them all the way, so um, they couldn't drop off at all. In this um, season, you know, they're not going to break any points records. Um, obviously, already got the title wrapped up, so they've got three games now, um, and it will be interesting to see how they approach them. You can't imagine... Pep Guardiola will really accept a, a massive drop-off from his team, particularly with the Champions League final coming. Um, and you do expect him to be playing his main men quite yeah. regularly because they've got fairly long rests between them now, but he wants to keep those players fresh. Um, it would be nice to see Sergio Aguero you know, start these final three games, try and break that record um, and get sort of the, the end to his Man City career that it deserves. Um, but other than that, you'd, you'd think Pep Guardiola will play his strongest players in most of these games. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is difficult to see Newcastle getting out of this game. I, as I, We said the same going into the Leicester game, though, to be fair, we didn't back them in the Liverpool game, we didn't back them in the West Ham game. They've, they've upset the odds on more than one occasion in recent weeks and there's nothing saying they can't really do it now, but it, this probably would be the biggest surprise of the lot if they could uh, certainly get a, a win, but maybe even a draw would be the biggest surprise of the lot because, you know, Man City have just been by far and away the best team in the league this season, the deserved champions and... As I say, Pep Guardiola won't want, won't want to drop off before that Champions League final, which is arguably the biggest game in the club's history. So, mm. you know, still huge, um, huge incentive for them. Um, and in terms of Newcastle, you know, the difference between finishing um, 13th and 17th, I think is, you know, around like 20 million in prize yeah. money. So there is a big incentive there as well. We're, we're tempted and sometimes guilty. We've, been, we've done it on this podcast before of saying, you know, not too much left to fight for in the closing stage of the season now that they're safe. Um, but yeah, that money could make a big difference to it. Could be the difference between you know signing another Callum Wilson next next summer, for example, uh, this summer. Sorry, so could make a big difference for them. But yeah, I mean, this is a very tough assignment. So we're both going for two 0 Man City wins in this one. Um, on Saturday, the the main event is obviously the FA Cup final. But in terms of Premier League matters, there are three games starting at twelve thirty: Burnley versus Leeds. How do you see that one going, Matt? Yeah, it's an interesting game, isn't it? One that, you know, like I say, probably one that's not too big in terms of what it means. But I still think Leeds, I mean, Leeds, Arsenal have, have picked up a big win, didn't they, last time out to not cement ninth, but they're, they're five points secure of Leeds now. Leeds got a game in hand. And I still think Leeds will want to, they could finish ninth this season. I mean, they're not Everton just above. I do expect Everton to, to keep hold of eighth. So Arsenal leads Villa in, in the spots behind. And even 10th for Leeds this season, where they are now, would be. As we said, said a lot, an unbelievable season. Um, last time out, it was a 3-1 win over Tottenham, wasn't it, for Leeds? And, and mm. got some of their big players back. I mean, Rafinha's been, been... He's had a few injury problems, hasn't he? But he he's, he's OK. He looks up for the rest of the season and struggled to keep him this summer, as we've said for a while. Bamford was back among the goals. I thought they were really, really good against Tottenham, to be fair. I know Tottenham have got their problems and um, why Mason's first defeat has impressed Premier League defeat. But I thought Leeds are really good. You know, late on, Rodrigo, good goal. We have Bamford on the score sheet. Dallas as well. Dallas has been really good for Leeds recently. So, mm. Burnley, Burnley, interesting one. I heard Sean Dyche's comments about, you know, he thinks the, the lack of home fans this season in stadium has helped sides like Burnley with their away record. And, and it has to be, I think, I think the last time out against Fulham, Fulham obviously uh, now relegated, but I still think Burnley did a really good, good job on Fulham. It looked like a championship club against the Premier League club, Chris Wood. 
score sheet, Westwood score sheet as well, it was really good. And Burnley's home form this season, it's been a problem though, isn't it? There's 18 points from 17 games, which is not mm. good at all. And you look at team, other teams down there, obviously the teams you, that are going down of the three worst home records in the league. And But West Brom have taken 15 points. They're only slightly better home record than West Brom. And Burnley's away form, you know, six wins is a lot, isn't it, for Burnley on the road, three, nine defeats. But, but only losing half of your away matches, if you just said that to Sean Dyche to start the season, then he certainly would have taken it. And obviously there's going to be fans back, not a lot, but before the end of the season final two game week isn't it so that'll be um, interesting to test that theory out in terms of that uh, in terms of that but yeah I, th- I think this will be a tight game to be honest this is one that I struggled with this week I think two sides that are on paper quite well matched Burnley obviously Leeds will feel that they're a much bigger club than Burnley but Burnley have you know cemented Premier League football again that they're firmly a Premier League club um, 15th at the moment, but we'll be looking up the table to 13th or so. And as you say, there's a lot of money between between you know 16th and 15th and 13th. So, yeah, big game. Um, struggling, though, to be honest, sat on the fence a little bit, gone 1-1. 1-1, yeah. I've, I've just gone for Leeds in this one. I've gone 2-1. I think, they're, they're, I mean, Fulham's, uh, Burnley's recent form has been good. That obviously, big win away to Wolves, big win away to Fulham. But the common thread is away wins, really. It's, nine games since they last won a game at home in any competition, stretching all the way back to January. So, yeah, their, their home form really is a concern. Um, and when you, you know, their last four victories in the league have all come away from home. So, you know, they, they do need to improve in turf one, as you say, the return of fans, the imminent return of fans, which comes against Liverpool, um, could have a, a, an impact on that. Sean Dykes will obviously be hoping that it does have an impact Um but going into this game, obviously fans won't be allowed in for this game and Leeds have only, I think, is one defeat in the last eight Premier League games. And for the, for the whole season so far, what we've said about Leeds is, um, you know, they can be brilliant, they can be dreadful, they're not really consistent enough to be pushing any higher than they are. Um, again, not to diminish their achievements, this is their first season back in the Premier League to finish in the top half is a superb season for them. Um, to have picked up 15 Premier League wins is a superb season for them. But, you know, as, as we've said, numerous times across the course of the season. You just have to look at their, you know, win and loss and goals for and goals against column really to sum leads up as a team. 15 wins, 15 defeats, 53 goals for, 53 goals against. Yeah. You know, you don't really know what you're going to get. It's a nice symmetry to it, but it's, it's inconsistency. But lately, these last couple of months or so, one defeat in eight is the most consistent they've been all season. They've picked up some big results in that time, of course, beating Man City away, beating Tottenham last time out, draws against Liverpool and Manchester United. So I think... This closing uh, parts of the season will give them huge confidence that they can actually push on, be a little bit more consistent, maybe even be pushing for European places next season, um, which is, you know, even saying that is testament to the work they've done. Um, and again, similar to what we said with uh, Guardiola won't let Man City drop their levels off. You can't imagine Marcelo Bielsa is going to let Leeds drop their levels off towards the sta- uh, closing stage of the season, even if, you know, there's not a huge amount tangible really to fight for in the last three games of the season, but kind end to the season. Burnley, Southampton, West Brom, they'll go into all those games uh, confident of picking something up. And yeah, I think Burnley's Burnley's poor home record coupled with Leeds' good form at the moment um, makes me just side with Leeds in this one. But there is, of course, you know, Leeds' one defeat in that time was 2-0 away to Brighton, which was a really disappointing one. And this one, you know, is, is a lot more closer to uh, that level of fixture than the wins over Man City and Tottenham. So, Again, you don't really know what to expect from Leeds, but I'm, I'm backing them to come away with a win here, 2-1. Um, at 3pm on Saturday, there is Southampton versus Fulham. Uh, Southampton beat Crystal Palace 3-1 last time out to return to winning ways and uh, lift themselves up to 14th in the table, which as we 
mentioned with a couple of clubs already, looks a lot better than the 17th they were in before that game. Uh, Fulham's relegation was confirmed by that 2-0 home defeat to Burnley. They just hit a dreadful, dreadful run of form right at the wrong time. And obviously now 10 points from safety with three games left. Uh, they'll have to be start preparing for next season for these final three games. It's going to be difficult with the amount of loanies they've got, isn't it? There's going to be a, another big change in that. Sean uh, Scott Parker was pretty vocal about that as well as vocal as he could be in his post-match press conference yeah. after they went down. He, he knows things need to change at the club in terms of um, the recruitment policy. It's, he seemed to be hinting at, um, but yeah, it's all, all eyes on the championship now for Fulham, you know, how they approach these final three games of the season. It'll be interesting to see if any of those loanies really, you know, get a chance or whether Parker's completely planning for next season. Um, and maybe we'll see some of the sorts of players who he's got in his plans. But yeah, this one's a difficult one for them. I think Southampton, the win over Crystal Palace was important for them to lift them up the table. You know, one point behind Crystal Palace now, 13th, still very much in their, in their sights, which is a much better finish than 17th. And as we said, makes a big difference in terms of prize money. Yeah. So going into their games, especially this game against the already relegated opposition, they'll, be, they'll, they'll hope for a strong end to the season, which started so well and then tailed off towards the end. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's difficult to back Fulham. I, you know, it can go one of two ways with relegated clubs. They can have the shackles off and you know just start playing with the freedom they haven't done all season, start picking up surprise results, or it can go the other way. Um, I'm not expecting too much from Fulham over the closing weeks of the season, to be honest. So yeah, I've just come for Southampton to win this one two 0 Two 0 yeah, close. Eh? I've I've gone Southampton two two one here, um, back in Fulham to get on the score sheet. Um, yeah, the Fulham Burnley game was, yeah, I think it just Scott Parker, as you say, afterward just it encapsulated their season really. I think I was looking at statistics surrounding that game and you know sixty eight percent possession, sorry for Fulham, lots more passes than Burnley. Burnley didn't really have possession of the ball for that long, but it was just a a strong Premier League side against a side that plays well between both boxes, but has struggled, got better defensively, certainly better than they were earlier this season, but the lack of goals, I think. And as you say, you're talking about, I mean, Anderson, the centre-back, it looks like Arsenal and Tottenham would like to take him. Um, obviously, he's only on loan at Fulham. Don't think they'll keep the goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Loftus-Cheek, I'd be very surprised if they manage to keep him in the championship. And it's just going to be, as you say, a lot of changes at Fulham this summer. It looks like Scott Parker will get the chance to do that and he looks like he wants to do that um he's got him out of the championship before so um yeah it'd be very interesting to see how fulham fulham go forward from here and as you say in their final three games um which you say will there be lone players will he will he bring in a few youngsters they've always had a good academy fulham haven't they always youngsters that, that seem to come through and i think there is a few maybe very close to first team action at this moment so there might be a good chance to, to give them a game southampton yeah, I, I backed him to get beat against Palace. Looking back now, wasn't perhaps the best shout from me, but it was just the side that they managed to put out against Palace was a really strong side, and it was just Danny Ings's contribution is just mm. they're such a big, a big side with him, aren't they? A really strong side when he's in it. Chad Adams is a handful. He's perhaps not the best technically, but he's he's a runner and he does cause problems. And yeah, I thought that was a really positive step for Southampton. And it's I think it is always important to end the season well, you know, not on paper a massive amount to fight for, but if Southampton were to go and, you know, take you know, seven points in the last three games, you know, something like that, or even one win, two draws, it just makes you feel a lot better, doesn't it, about next season. It'll make the owners maybe think, oh, cool, yeah, we could do okay next season just with a few more additions. And yeah, as you say, I think Southampton will be looking up to 
up to Palace. Um, I'd be surprised if they caught Wolves because five points to make up in three games is a lot. But yeah, 13th would be okay considering the second half of the season they've had. But yeah, Fulham, Fulham looking at next season. Some tough, tough finish. They play United away um, in their next game on Tuesday night. And then last game at home to Newcastle, who, as we know, have been, been really good recently. So yeah, they won't want to end the season with, if they lose it locks three, it'll be five straight defeats. And it won't be a win for... Fulham's last win was yeah, Liverpool, wasn't it? Anfield start in March. So, yes, I just can't back Fulham here. I just I've seen a lot of Fulham this season, and they they, they just they struggle to score goals. And Southampton with, with some of their big players back, I think they'll edge this one two one. Right, so both going for Southampton wins in that one um, at eight pm on Saturday after the FA Cup final is Brighton versus West Ham. Um, again, Brighton, one of those teams who are now safe and sound. They are now the team in the spot just above the relegation zone. Um, but West Ham are the ones with plenty to fight for still this season. A really, really disappointing 1-0 defeat against Everton last time out at home. Massive blow to their top four hopes. is now completely out of their hands. Um, they could move back into fifth with a victory in this game, temporarily at least. Um, above Liverpool and within uh, one point, uh, sorry, within three points of the top four. But again, they're, they're relying on those above them to do them favours and Liverpool to do them favours because things are now out of West Ham's hands after three defeats in the last four games. They're sort of chipping up right when they didn't want to. It's been a great season, whatever happens for them um, this season, but it looks like they could just fall short of the top four. How do you see this match going, Matt? Yeah, it's a really big game, isn't it, for West Ham? I mean, we were talking earlier, weren't we, about this this conference league and uh, the fact that there is European football open potentially for, for seventh place. But I think West Ham, I, I think top four's gone now, if we're being honest. I'd be astounded if if they managed to finish top four from here. But fifth or sixth, you know, fifth, they could just cement Europa League football for next season. It would be unbelievable for West Ham. And it's annoying that I think David Moyes' press conference is this afternoon and he needs to clear up a lot of... It looks like West Ham could have close to a full complement for this game in terms of Declan Rice being back, which obviously he's been out for a little while now and that would be a a huge boost, wouldn't it? You know, what he brings to the side. Um, Masuaku, Noble, Cresswell, Lanzini have all had problems, but at least maybe four of those might be okay. So you think fancy West Ham will be able to put, you know, a really, really strong side on the field and David Moyes has not been able to pick his strongest side as he recently. And the fact that Brighton have got got a lot of players out as well. I think two players suspended, isn't it? Duncan, Mapay, they've got a few players injured elsewhere. I think um, mm. Davy Proper's injured in midfield and uh, Veltman is out of the back. I think Graham Potter said yesterday. So they're not going to be at full strength, Brighton and West Ham with a lot more to fight for. Yeah, the, the Everton game was really, really disappointing for, for, for West Ham. I thought they were really poor for, for long stages of that game. But Brighton, as we know, we've said all season, we, uh, they do, they do play good football. They they move the ball well, but just really struggle to, to put... They just haven't won enough games this season. Brighton, nowhere near for what they want to do. I think it was eight wins this season for Brighton. You know, Nowhere near enough. But yeah, really big game for West Ham this one. Their home form this season, West Ham's been excellent. Um, it's still the second best in the league. Yeah, it is. But away from home, it's eight wins is still a lot. But but they have dropped points in, in nine games on, on their travels, which is a lot for a side that's, you know, think about pushing for top four, it is quite a lot. Your away form has to be probably a little bit better than that. But yeah, I, I fancy West Ham here just, I think full strength against full strength might might just go a draw because it is a tough game. But Brighton's home form this season hasn't been hasn't been great, if we're honest. I think it's, yes, fourth worst in the league and, and they're going to be missing some key players. So yeah, just West Ham 2-1. Yeah, unfortunately, I've gone exactly the same. <laughs> yeah, um, I, yeah, I think... 
it's it's one of those games who I'm actually expecting a good game because you say Brighton play good football, West Ham are playing really good football this season. Um, but they're, they're just a lot of things pointing more towards a West Ham win. I think Brighton, um, I'm expecting them to create chances, probably maybe even enough chances to get something out of the game, but I just don't really trust them to take those chances, um, in, which has been, as we've said many times, the story of their season, really. They haven't taken enough chances to get the, as many points on the board as argue, arguably they should have. I mean, they're only one point away from that magic 40-point mark. We know they're already safe. Um, that would have been the big priority heading into the season. So in terms of that, you know, it's been a successful season for them. They stayed in the division, another campaign. Um, but they'll, they'll also know they could have done a lot better this season. They could be in a much better position. And in a way, that will be a source of encouragement for Graham Potter. You can't, you know, you, you think it's not going to happen a couple of seasons in a row that they have these, you know, this level of poor finishing and playing so well, but not picking up the points they deserve from it. Um, but then again, you know, it could be a different team if they lose some of their key players next season, as as some reports are suggesting they might do. So, yeah, interesting for the future of Brighton and the, the last three games of the season. Really tough end to the season for them. West Ham, Man City and then Arsenal away on the final day. Um, West Ham's end of the season is a little bit kinder. Um, so I don't, I don't think they would have given up on the top four just yet. You know, if they win their th final three games of the season, um, Liverpool drop points in one of their final three games, which the way they've been playing against the lower, uh, the teams from lower in the division is entirely possible. Leicester and Chelsea, at least one of them is guaranteed to drop points when they play each other in the league next week. Um, they do need a lot of favours from elsewhere, and obviously with f quite a few games, um, well, with very few games still to go, that's increasingly unlikely now. So they will need favours. It is unlikely, but I don't think they would have given given up all hope just yeah, that I think they think if we win our final three games of the season, we'll have a chance. And I think they'll be confident of that. But yeah, I mean, in that scenario, this is absolutely a must-win game for West Ham. And I don't think it's anywhere near that for Brighton. And maybe, you know, you you look at the the Man United Liverpool game yesterday and see how that dynamic can change games a little bit. You know, Liverpool, for them, that was a must-win game for United. It didn't matter as much as it did for Liverpool. And, you know, drop, dropping off that 5%, 10%, even subconsciously, can make a difference. And that could, could make the difference in this game. Um, and also, West, West Ham, I think, have, have more quality throughout the team, certainly finishing quality than Brighton. So, yeah, both back in West Ham to win that one 2-1. Um, four games on Sunday this week. Crystal Palace versus Aston Villa is the first of those at midday. Uh, Crystal Palace beaten by Southampton 3-1 last time out. Missed a penalty in that one as well. Uh, that made it four defeats in their last five league games for Palace. Still uh, sitting 13th in the table, though. Um, Aston Villa drew 0-0 with Everton uh, last time out. Uh, goal was drawn that one. Jack Grealish did return, though, which was the big plus for them. He, he should be um, in... Perhaps the starting lineup, uh, but certainly we'll be back for these final three games of the season. How do you see this one going, Matt? Yeah, I'm not expecting a particularly, you know, great game. If I'm honest, I think the story, as you say, of the Villa Everton game was was Greenish's return. Uh, apart from that, I mean, the actual game, I thought the overall quality, uh, especially in the second half, was was not good at all. To be honest, two sides, Everton, it really mm -hmm. dented their their top seven ambitions, didn't it? Um, just just really, I thought they were struggling, Villa. You know, I think it's good defended late on Tyrone Mings. Uh, there was that challenge on, on Calvert-Lewin, which was a bit of a, bit of a high one. He might have, gone, might have got sent off mm. for that on another day. But some good blocks late on. And there was a, certainly one big block late on that Everton field that he shouldn't really have been on the field to make the block. But 
Yeah, Villa, their season is, there was a, as we say, there was a slight little chance at one point, wasn't it? They might be able to push for, you know, sneak into maybe a top seven spot. But I think they are where they're going to finish. I think 11th would be fair. If you'd said to me, start the season, Villa would finish 11th. I'd say that's a really, really good season for Villa. But it's all about the summer, isn't it? Can they keep hold of their, obviously, Grealish, but players like Watkins as well, especially if Watkins goes with England to uh, the Euros, which he looks like he might have a chance and, and maybe does okay there. I don't think he'd get much football there if he did, but I think a few clubs will be looking at him. And The interesting thing around Palace, I think there's rumours that they might you know, announce Hodgson's departure ahead of the Arsenal game so the fans can give him a send-off because obviously they play Arsenal at mm. home on the 19th and maybe some fans in attendance could give well, Hodgson, a bit of a send-off. Obviously, Frank Lampard's been strongly linked, isn't he, with the, the Palace job at the moment. And that'd be a really interesting one, wouldn't it, if Lampard was to go to Palace and, you know, you fancy he'd get some money to spend because I don't think he'd really take it if it was, you know, it's going to be a lot of changes, as we know, a lot of chopping and changing. But I, I, I said it a while now, I do think Palace is an attractive club. I, I think that there's, there's, there is work there that can be done. I do think it, as long as funds are there and, and I think they can attract players to that area of, of, of England and, and I just think that there is something there that possibly could happen, but it's going to be tough for them to ever become a, you know, a top. Maybe they'll look at Villa and, and think, you know, maybe we could compete with teams like that, you know, around 10th and 11th, but I'm not sure about higher than that. I just don't think the players are there, but obviously desperate to keep Zaha this summer. But yeah, no, it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens to these two teams, but um, I've just gone a 1-1 draw here. 1-1, one, one. yeah, this uh, it's a really difficult one to call this one, isn't it? It's one of those end-of-season games where, again, we've said it a few times, not, not too much tangible to fight for. Aston Villa might have one eye on uh, finishing in the top half, which would be a great season for them. As you say, even finishing 11th would be a really good season for them, considering where they were last season. I think uh, certainly um, at this stage last season, they were in and around the relegation zone. I think they only uh, secured survival maybe on the final day, if memory serves me right. So... What they've done this season is a you know a, a huge step forward. Um, as you say, where their next step forward comes from uh, will be very interesting to see whether they can keep hold of things. I think they've got a, a, a big chance of keeping hold of Grealish now, really. But in, in today's market, he's going to cost a lot of money. Okay. Um, whether, whether clubs have got that money to spend on a player like Grealish when you've got other players like, you know, Erling Haaland potentially on the market, Harry Kane potentially on the market. Obviously, different types of players to Jack Grealish, but a lot of clubs seem to need a centre forward more than a centre midfielder right now. So I think Villa do actually have a, a decent chance of keeping hold of Grealish. And you know, the added benefit is obviously Grealish is from the from from Villa. He came through the ranks there, um, and it, it, you can tell he absolutely loved the club. And I think he'll be pretty happy to stay there for at least one more season and see how next season goes. And if they can do that, keep him, uh, keep the other players who perform really well this season, then there's absolutely no reason they can't push for a top half finish again next season, which um, is a quick turnaround and a major turnaround from where they were just a season ago. And, and Dean Smith deserves a lot of credit for, for, um, for that turnaround. And they're another of the clubs which is inconsistent and quite difficult to call. You can get you know, the 7-2 win over Liverpool, which we saw earlier in the season, you can get a really poor mm. result and really poor performance against um, one of the teams they'd be expected to beat. So another similar to Leeds, and it's no surprise to see them both, you know, one point away from each other in, in mid-table because they're both inconsistent um, and both difficult to call. But yeah, I've just sided for an Aston Villa win in this one. I've gone for 2-1. I've maybe been guilty of um, not giving Palace enough credit over the final few weeks of the season. Um but yeah, I just think Villa have got have got more quality. I've, I've 
I've been impressed by Palace, been impressed by Benteke uh, recently, yeah, recently, recently. He stepped up his performance. Um, there was that spell fairly recently where he went a long, long time without a goal, but he looks much more dangerous now, looks capable of getting goals um, and looks dangerous. Looks back to, you know, the Benteke we actually saw at Villa, which um, who was, who was a really good striker and, and got goals with regularity. So he's been impressive recently and Palace have got those players who can certainly hurt Villa. Um, the way Villa play, so it's one of those games I wouldn't be really surprised to see Palace go and win. I wouldn't be surprised to go see a draw, but in the end, I've just backed the Villa win. I think they've got if they, they've got more match winners in their team um, than Crystal Palace, and I think that could be the difference. So yeah, I've gone for two one to Villa in that one. Um, five past two on Sunday. There's Tottenham versus Wolves. Uh, Tottenham that three one defeat to Leeds last time out. A hammer blow to their top four hopes. You, you have to say those are pretty much over now. Seventh place. You know they could be looking at the the Conference League. You mentioned it earlier. It looks like seventh place might um, yeah. might go into the Conference League this season. Um, and yeah, Tottenham. I don't think Tottenham fans would have started the season wanting to be in the Conference no. League. It's just it, it's another one. You know, Europa League is you know a dubious dubious tournament to qualify for if you're one of those big six teams. It's not it's not one you go into the season actually aiming for, wanting to qualify for. Um, and the Conference League is obviously another tier down from that. So I don't think they'll be particularly happy with being in the Conference League. They might even prefer to finish eighth and not be in the Conference League next season, to be honest. Um, yeah. So, yeah, interesting end of the season for them, whether they can get a bit higher than that and qualify for the Europa League. So still Europe to fight for for Tottenham, but Champions League looks beyond them after that 3-1 defeat to Leeds last time out. Um, and obviously they've got a lot to sort out in the summer. New manager being the main thing, but obviously the future of Harry Kane um, is a big one. He's continually linked with the move away from the club. So a lot to figure out for Tottenham in the closing weeks of the season and in the summer as well. Wolves have had you know, a bit of a strange season, I think. The uh, five league games, only one defeat in that time. Um, it's been a little bit of an underwhelming season, considering what came before it in a couple of seasons when they finished seventh, um, and a couple of seasons in a row. Um, so people were expecting them to be pushing maybe for top six, maybe even for a Champions League finish this season, if, if with the with the uh, season as it has been, so many shocks. Um, but that, that hasn't materialised. They're not going to finish in the top half even. So. Probably disappointing for them, but you've also got to keep in context where they've come and they've probably overachieved slightly the last couple of seasons and 12th is is by no means the end of the world. They beat Brighton last time out. This is a difficult one to call again. I think it's Wolves are never involved really in too many high-scoring games. And, you know, obviously they've had recently the 4-0 the defeat to Burnley and 3-2 defeat to West Ham. But in general, their games aren't decided by too much. They don't score too many goals. They don't concede too many goals. Um but I just don't really trust Tottenham. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've just gone for a one-all draw in this one. I don't really, I don't, I don't see, and, you know, Tottenham have got the players to do it, obviously. We mention them every week, Harry Kane and Son Young men have, have got the ability to win them any game. Um, and despite Tottenham's really poor performance, um, I think they've been up there with among the best uh, Premier League players this season, certainly Harry Kane, looking yeah. at the top in the goal-scoring charts and the assist charts. Um, but, yeah, these games like this, I think it will be tight and Tottenham, I don't really trust them to get all three points from this. So I've gone for one or draw in this one. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly surprised you've gone 1-1. One, one. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a big shout. Um, I have, I completely agree with what you're saying about trusting Tottenham. I think uh, they'd have fancied going to, some of their fans maybe fancy going to Leeds and maybe getting a decent result. I think, I think we both back wins in that game, didn't we, for Tottenham? But we did, yeah. They were poor, um, really poor. Leeds were really good and just couldn't deal with Leeds' energy in the game. And as you say, Kane, I think the interesting thing with Kane is that 
obviously it is the Euros. I mean, we're so close to the Euros now, aren't we? The end of the season, then the Euros will come very, very quickly. And obviously there's going to be no, I don't think there's going to be decisions before that. It'll be after the Euros, whether it's just, they're talking about 150 million, aren't they? That Tottenham w- wouldn't consider anything under 150. And no one's going to pay that, I don't think, Ole, this summer. I think City are the only team that would be prepared to pay over 100 million, it seems like. I think United's ceiling is maybe around 90. Barcelona around Madrid are not going to spend 150 million pounds on on Kane this summer, especially if one of them can get Haaland. But yeah, very interesting um, side story with that. And yeah, you should say the Conference League, you'd rather not be in it, wouldn't you really? And make a good, strong challenge for top four next season um, because mm. it's just more European football. They're just going to, if they're in it, they're going to play there. That, you know, a lot of squad players. I suppose that is the good thing. It does, it depends how big your squad is though. It gives a lot of maybe youngsters a game, but it depends how actually big your squad is. And Tottenham squad, it, they've got a decent squad. It's not particularly deep, though, is it, in terms of the quality? There is a big drop-off. Um, probably you could say that about everyone apart from Man City, if we're honest. But, yeah, Wolves, I think Gibbs-White got the winner last time, didn't he, against um, against Brighton? I think you backed 0-0 in that game, Barmy. You said, I, don't, I said 2-2 and you you had you had a laugh at me, I but it was, almost, it was almost 2-2. So, <laughs> no, um, I think he hasn't had much of a look in Gibbs-White since he'd gone back there from his loan spell at, at Swansea, didn't he cut short? And I think that was only his second start in the Premier League since, since he had gone back to the club so he maybe might get a few games before the end of the season Adam Atore obviously in the score sheet is a big thing for Wolves because he doesn't get too many but um, yeah as you say Wolves could have been a disaster considering the injuries they've had they could have been you know looking at around the relegation zone but they are 12 I think they'll finish 12 maybe they're four points above Palace so yeah uh, I see what you're saying uh, yeah draw I could, could really see a draw here but I just think Tottenham's added quality going forward um, maybe Kane getting a couple or, or, or Son I just think they'll just get there in the end Tottenham to keep their uh, get their top well not top four really but maybe Europa League hopes alive so yeah 2-1 Tottenham uh, two on Tottenham for Matt in that one. At 4.30pm on Sunday is West Brom versus Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool coming into it off the back of that incredible 4-2 win over Man United. I'm sure we both enjoyed it, Matt. Uh, we um, I, I've got to say, going into that game, looking at the team sheets, Cavani up against Phillips and Reese Williams, I, w- I was a bit worried. But um, I think Phillips had a, a really good game, obviously had a hand in that opening goal. But beyond that, reacted really well. And Reese Williams, it's the first time I think I've watched him and not really been worried about you know him he, he didn't really have any shaky moments so he um, obviously made that really good block for Mason Greenwood in the box as well at 3-2 so yeah. he had a good game as well and um, the nature of the win surprised me a little bit for Liverpool and obviously a huge huge win their situation's a little bit complicated in terms of the top four um, if they win their final three games of the season they'll finish on 69 points if Chelsea win their final two games of the season they'll finish on 70 points um, Chelsea obviously play Leicester which complicates matters further so if Chelsea do win their final two games of the season then Leicester will lose one and then if they win the remaining one uh, they will finish also on 69 points with Liverpool so it could come down to goal difference in that scenario um, but obviously quite a bit of water to go under the bridge so far even with only a few games remaining of the season lots of things could still happen um, the common thread though is Liverpool pretty much need to win their final three games of the season um, to give themselves a really good chance and keep things largely in their hands in terms of goal difference as well. Um, and as I mentioned earlier, these are the sorts of games they've been struggling with this season. So, you know, that's by it on paper, it does look like a pretty kind end of the season. But West Brom in this game already relegated Burnley and Crystal Palace, not too much left to fight for, already saved both of them. Um, so on paper, that's, you'd say that's a very kind end to the season. But those are the games Liverpool have been struggling with. You know, the four, four goals against Man United, 
could have been six or seven, to be honest, the chances they had. But there's a lot of games this season that they've dominated games that haven't been that open and have struggled to find a way through them, particularly since the turn of the year. Um, and that's what they'd probably expect from these three games um, coming up. So it'd be interesting to see how Liverpool cope with that. They have been given um, a bit of a reprieve with results recently for Chelsea and Leicester, both losing games recently. Um, and now it is essentially, in terms of goal difference as well, in their hands. Um, so all they need to do is go and win these final three games of the season. I think that could be that could give them the edge in this game. Obviously, we've mentioned it a couple of times already. One team with a lot to fight for, another team with not much to fight for. West Brom already relegated. Um, they'll have you know eyes on the championship next season, preparing for that. I, I, one of those teams with plenty still to uh, decide in the summer as well in terms of the managerial situation. Will Sam Allardyce stay on in the championship um, is yet to be seen. Uh, but yeah, I'm. You know, Liverpool need to win this game. There's no getting around that. And they looked good against Manchester United. They looked close to, you know, nearly back to the Liverpool we saw before the turn of the year, scoring goals, creating chances, dominating big games. Um, and we haven't seen that anywhere near enough in 2021 so far. But yeah, um, if Liverpool can replicate that level of performance, then they should be fine against first ball. I've gone for 3-1 Liverpool winning this one. 3-1, yeah. Um, I've, yeah. I've gone Liverpool as well. I've gone I've gone 2-0 here. Um, I think the fact that, that Leicester and Chelsea play each other in the Premier League as well, is the situation is is good for Liverpool, I think, if they were to... I mean, that win over United was massive, wasn't it, for the club? I think, speaking from a United point of view, you know, there was a lot of bad things that happened. The defending, the two holding midfield players were just absolute you know, disaster. The goalkeeper as well. I mean, for me, I know we're not talking about United here, but Dean Henderson isn't good enough to be... You know, it's number one. Um, unfortunately, uh, the last goal was bizarre, wasn't it? They really showed showed Salah that side of the goal, and he just slotted mm. into the back of the net. That was that was really odd. But um, yeah, Liverpool. I thought, mm. I thought Firmino was really good, and as you say, Nat Phillips. You know, the early on the, the disappointment, but he played a key role in the, in the, in the equaliser, didn't he? And yeah, he. I thought he showed good character. To be fair, in that game and. Yeah, Liverpool were during this period where before it went 3-2, you know, when it was 3-1, as you say, it could have been 4-5-1. United were just absolutely disastrous at the back. Missed Maguire so badly. But yeah, really big win for Liverpool. And considering what's happened at Liverpool this season, I think if you could sneak into the top four, I, th I do think that would be, you know, on the face of it, going from first to fourth is is not good. But but to, to get into the Champions League, it just would be massive, wouldn't it, for Liverpool? And the top four, the European mm -hmm. races is arguably the saving grace at the end of the season because, as you say, it could peter out. Obviously, titles gone, the relegation, and it could be a bit of a bit of a dull into the season if it wasn't so interesting um, in terms of the race. And yeah, I think it's a nice game for, I, I see what you're saying about Liverpool struggling in these sort of games this season, but West Brom, the performance against Arsenal does not fill me with any confidence that they're capable of. You know, they've obviously had standout wins this season. The one at Chelsea, no one saw that come in and then they're really good against Southampton. But I just think the, the performance against Arsenal and Arsenal side have got a lot of problems. Um, as you say, there's a lot to sort out of West Brom this summer. Pereira's obviously looks thinks like he's going to go. I'd be astounded if they kept him. He's been excellent this season. Some lone players, but I think they'll keep the bulk of the squad. And as I've said a few times, I do think they're they'll be an attractive Championship club and one that I fully expect to be in and around the top six uh, come the end of next season. So yeah, really interesting. But yeah, I, I just think Liverpool have too much. Here. It's interesting at the end of the game, wasn't it? Sadio Mane, you know, sort of mm. looked like he might have snubbed Klopp's. Um, Mr. Klopp said he made a decision after the last training session that he was going to go with Diego Jota and you know 
Salah, Firmino, Jota all scoring for Liverpool, so I can't really complain with that. You completely understand Mane's frustration. Um, he hasn't been that, as good as he has been, has he? But he's still been such a massive player for Liverpool. So, yeah, I think Liverpool win this. Um, unfortunately, I've gone, uh, yeah, I've gone 2-0 Liverpool. Yeah, both going for two goal Liverpool victories. I think the key for Liverpool is killing that game off because we've seen recently yeah. the one against Leeds, the one against Newcastle, they didn't kill off and they got punished. One against Southampton, they finally killed off. And if they hadn't, you know, I wouldn't have been confident of them holding out. And the one against United, I was not confident about them holding out for three, two until Salah raced away. And as you say, yeah, bizarre goalkeeping from Henderson to stay in a six-yard box made it the easiest finish possible for Salah there, didn't it? So, yeah, uh, yeah both going for Liverpool, two goal victories in that game. The final match of this game week uh, is Everton versus Sheffield United. Uh, Everton, uh, we mentioned it earlier briefly, that goal was drawn against Aston Villa last time out. Sheffield United were beaten by Crystal Palace 2-0 at home, uh, rooted to the bottom of the table. They've been down for a long, long time. They'll just want to get the season over and done with. Um, and 18 goals scored in 35 games in the Premier League season. That's, it's, it's really dreadful. That is from Sheffield United, just looking looking at it now. They've only scored one in the last five, I think it is. Yeah. Um, I don't really know the statistics on the on the lower scores in Premier League history, but they must be must be close to you know the bottom of that list. They really have been, yeah, really have been poor Sheffield United this season in front of goal. Um, and you know, as I say, they'll be desperate to get the season over and done with. Um, three games left to go. We've got Everton, Newcastle, and Burnley still to come. Um, Everton will be seen this as a very nice fixture, but as we mentioned, um, they've shot themselves in the foot too often, really, in recent weeks. They haven't actually been losing games with too much regularity in recent weeks, but they've been dropping too many points uh, through draws. Leaves them eighth in the table. Level on points with Tottenham, they could still finish seventh. And I, I, I'm not sure whether they would want the Conference League, but I think it, the Conference League is a bigger prize for a club like Everton than it is for yeah, a club yeah, like yeah. Tottenham. We might have gone into the season with top four hopes. Um, so I don't think they'd be too upset if they went and qualified for the Conference League. Europa League is still a possibility for Everton. I think that would be classed as a pretty good season for them. Certainly progress made um, and, and something to build off next season. Um, but they, they need to start picking up more wins. I said a couple of weeks ago that... You, you don't really trust this Everton team to go and get wins in games that maybe they should get wins in. Um, you don't really trust them to uh, put together a run of really good results. I mean, obviously, at the very start of the season, they did that. And there's people tipping them maybe for top four then when they made that great start to the season and were top of the table for a little while. Um, but, you know, I, you, I just don't trust them to be consistent enough certainly at this stage of their development to, to push for a top four. I'd be surprised if they did it next season, but again, that depends on what they do in the summer. Um, this game, as I said, say, is, is a really nice game for them. Sheffield United seem to, you know, under Chris Wilder, you would have expected them to put up a big fight and nothing against Paul Heckenbottom, but Chris Wilder had that bond with players. He um, yeah. developed, you know, that fighting mentality, that spirit, never give up. Um, I'm not saying Sheffield United have given up as such, but, you know, they know... It's all about next season now. They know this season's almost a write-off now. They can't do anything really to salvage it, even if they go win their final three games of the season. Wouldn't really salvage their campaign. So, you know, they'll just be desperate, as I mentioned, to get the season over and done with. Can't see them um, picking up many more points between now and the end of the season. Certainly can't see them doing so good as from Park. And as I mentioned, 18 goals all season is it's pretty impossible to even back them to score, I think, at the moment. So, yeah, I've gone for a 2-11 to win in this one. 
2-0, yeah, I've also gone Everton. Uh, I've gone gone 1-0, so you know, at least that's different in, in that sense. But yeah, I mean, Everton's home form this season has been, been terrible, hasn't it? Uh, mm. 15, uh, 19 points from 17 games, been good on the road. But uh, I think you do think that you know the fan point of view has has made a big difference to some clubs having poor home form uh, records and obviously better. There's been a lot of away wins this season, isn't there? I don't know the exact numbers for how many away wins there's been compared to other seasons, but I know it's been a lot. Um, and that's the case across the across the uh, European leagues. That, to be fair, there's been a, a lot of away wins and a lot of games that you wouldn't expect. But yeah, Everton. I think you used a word that said for three weeks. It's the trust word, isn't it? When they go and beat Arsenal, then they go and lose at home to Villa. Go and beat West Ham, a really big win, and then go and draw at Villa. It's just yeah, they just haven't got that consistency, have they, to be able to push for mm. push for top four? But as you say, top top five, top six is still very much open. That's why it's still so interesting. They're only two points off West Ham, all on thirty five games there. Um, obviously, Liverpool thirty five, West Ham thirty five, Tottenham, Everton thirty five. They've all got three games left, and a lot. It's a lot of points. I know we're very very close to the end of the season, but it's still a lot of points, and a lot could happen, isn't it? You go and win the next three if you're Everton, and you're you're right in that Europa League battle in terms of finishing maybe fifth, and just so much could change. And Everton, I think the fact they play City away last game of the season, obviously City have got the league, the title wrapped up and other eyes on other things, but it's still a very tough game, isn't it? And if they were to beat Sheffield United, mm-hmm. go and beat Wolves, but you just don't trust them to do that. If they go and beat Sheffield United, I wouldn't be surprised they're going to lose at home to Wolves. It's just, it's just what Everton do, isn't it? And yeah, Sheffield United, as you say, is the exact reasons behind the managers leaving at that stage and obviously that they need to sort out what they're doing next season. Very similar. All three clubs are going down in a similar situation, aren't they? What they need to plan for next season. And as you say, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe pick up a point from the last three, but lose the next three. I mean, they're not, they could be tougher games on paper, but they're just Newcastle and Burnley are just a lot better than them, as are Everton. But yeah, I think this will be, uh, I don't, I'm not expecting <laughs> Everton just don't really convince me in terms of blowing teams away, but I think they'll, I think they'll win this one nil. Yeah, both going for Everton wins the round of the game. Then, okay, thank you as ever, Matt. Uh, we will be back on Tuesday for a, a bumper round of midweek fixtures, the penultimate games of the season. Um, so, our next round of predictions and our prediction competition is hotting up. The gap got close to 15 points um, with what? Three, uh, three game weeks still to play, slightly less than three game weeks still to play because uh, this one's only eight matches. Um, so yeah, still all to fight for. Could be a very dramatic end of the season on that front. You can uh, subscribe to this podcast on all the usual channels and on YouTube to make sure you don't miss that thrilling end of the season in terms of our prediction competition. And you can also find previews for all of these games over on sportsmall.co.uk, all of these Premier League games, uh, championship playoffs, obviously now in uh, the final games of the leagues across Europe as well. Plenty of things still to be decided in them. So be sure to check out sportsmall.co.uk for previews and features surrounding all of those games. As I say, Matt and I will be back on Tuesday. So we look forward to seeing you again then. Thanks for joining.